just going to talk, although Michelle laughed at me. I said, I'm just going to speak for 15 minutes. And Michelle was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but I really am because I want to save time. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to, I'm just going to sort of recap where we've been, what we've been doing. Um, and I've just watched God do such a powerful, powerful work. Michelle mentioned it in the beginning. For a lot of you, it's been a really deep work. I've heard yeah. from a lot of people. Um, that had private messaged me or whatever, texted and just said what a deep work God is doing in their hearts in the season. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that we get to um, redefine the wilderness and look at it from a totally different perspective. And I really do feel like that's what the Lord's been calling us to do, you know, I, based upon just past teaching and my own past ideology and theology and all of that, I, I tended to view things from a negative perspective and a judgment perspective and a punishment perspective. And I love Deborah gave me this book. And it also cracks me up. You know when you would decide you're going to get a new car and then you see that car everywhere and you're like, I've never seen that car before, you know? And so the first of the year when I started talking about the wilderness, I've never talked about the wilderness. I mean, I've mentioned it, but I've never felt like the Lord say, teach on the wilderness. And I thought, well, that's odd. Well, now apparently everyone is teaching on the wilderness. I'm seeing it everywhere. And they're like, so Deborah gave me this book by um, Brian Simmons, who was the translator of the passion translation and it's called now i can't remember what it's called but it is wilderness something in the wilderness but anyway in the beginning in the in the flap of the book deborah wrote i'm so thankful that you taught me that the wilderness is not punishment that it is not to be feared and i think that that does kind of encapsulate um what the lord has been doing he is doing and he's going to continue to do is there's a verse and i can't remember where it is maybe y'all know bible scholars throw it out and the Lord gave me this verse a long time ago, and he said, um, be not like those who have to be led by a bit or a bridle, but my eye is upon you, and I counsel you with my eye. And I, I believe that part of what the Lord has been doing in us in this season in the wilderness is, you know, when your kids are little, you may have to, like, really work on training and discipline, and you put a harness on whatever it is you need to do, you know. But eventually they get to where you don't need to do that anymore. And the Lord showed me that the whole idea about intimacy in the wilderness and him training and teaching me, I mean, he says, his eye never leaves you. His gaze is always upon you. And I, and I used to believe that, and I was taught that, you know, if I screw up and do something stupid, sin, like he literally has to turn away from me because he's too holy to, for that. Well, he never turns his back. I might turn. In shame, I turn. But his gaze is ever towards me. In intimacy, he is wanting me to lock my eyes upon his. And if you ever watch a horse trainer who's a real, like a horse whisperer, they can get to where they literally are looking at the horse, and that horse will follow them. And they will turn, and that horse will follow them. They're not having to pull the bridle and the bit so hard and yank them around anymore because that horse so trusts in his trainer. And he knows the movement of his eyes and where they're going to go next. And that is the whole point of this season that God has you in. Is that in intimacy, I know he is a good father. And what he has for me is good. And though what I'm walking through may be painful, and I might want to get out of it immediately, he knows that if I will stay close, if I will allow him to speak to those places in my heart, when I get through this, and here's the good thing about wilderness. Well, wilderness is a season. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about seasons is they change. Amen. You know, spring becomes summer and summer becomes fall and fall becomes winter. And we can trust in that. 
And so this season that we're walking through, and I told you a long time ago, the Lord told me, don't waste pain. And so I am, I am going to eke out every drop that I can in this season of the goodness of God and the intimacy and knowing his voice and what he has for me, not paying attention to and focusing upon just what the enemy has been doing. I'm going to talk a little bit about that really quickly. And then um, we're going to have a few testimonies. And I want to just hear really quick, just literally like quick, capsulated, powerful testimonies. <laughs> Remember, we don't like have to hear the whole thing. We don't need a whole life story, and it's not a teaching. But quick, because I'd like to hear from as many of you as possible. And then, if possible, we will have, hear a few more. Are we in that private room? Is Stephanie here? No, she's here. Okay. I believe we're in the private room. We might have some more testimonies. Raise your hand if you're going to the Christmas lunch. Yay. Awesome. Okay. So we might do some more then. And then we have a prophetic team at the end. We're going to have some prophetic ministry that women are going to come and just, we have a team here. And Kingdom Life has been really building a, a, a prophetic culture for quite some time now. And very intentionally in the last year, two years, no, two years, wow. Um, and so for those of you that are new to the prophetic, when these women are speaking to you, they're not like, we're not calling out dirt. We're like digging for gold and we're going to speak to who God says you are and who he sees you to be. And it's for encouragement and it builds you up. So I don't, just don't remember who, who's been here and if this is new to you, but it's going to be awesome. And if you don't get a prophetic word, just grab one that you heard them give someone else because it's for you too. Um, I want to start by reading Psalm 25. You'll turn to Psalm 25. I'm going to read it in the Passion. And it says, I'm just going to read a few verses. Um, David, this King David writes this. He writes it when he's, I believe, running for his life. Then he says in verse four, Lord, direct me throughout my journey so I can experience your plans for my life. Reveal the life paths that are pleasing to you. Escort me along the way. Take me by the hand and teach me. For you are the God of my increasing salvation. I have wrapped my heart into yours. Forgive my failures as a young man and overlook the sins of my in immaturity. Give me grace, Lord. Always look at me through the eyes of love, your forgiving eyes of mercy and compassion. When you think of me, see me as one you love and care for. How good you are to me. That's the picture that I was just talking about, isn't it? The picture of just the Lord's compassion <coughs> and love and his gaze upon you. In verse 10, it says, All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who follow the ways of his covenant. <clears throat> verse 12. Who are they that live in the holy fear of God? You will show them the right path to take. Then prosperity and favor will be their portion, and their descendants will inherit all that is good. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God, where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. Isn't that awesome? So in this time, in this season, that is what I am I'm leaning in. I'm pressing in. I, I want to hear what the Lord is saying to me. And I think partly what I had to do in the beginning is I had to, like, reframe, get a new perspective for this season that I've been walking in. And what is he doing? And it's, it, it has been in looking at it from a completely different view. And that is such a good idea to do all the time. You know, when we come even to read the word, 
We are reading the word with cultural blinders on, with rose-colored glasses. You might have them with purple-colored glasses, but we are reading into, based upon life experiences, whether good or bad, based upon how we grew up, whether, you know, just there's all of these things, and it is such a good idea as I'm growing, and this is wisdom, is to learn to step outside of my own perspective and how I've always seen things and, and see it from another one. Get into someone else's shoes. Um, and, and God has given us the ability to do that even with our brain, that I can literally observe my thoughts. And when I'm observing my thoughts, I get to decide where those are coming from, what is the fruit of those thoughts, and do I want to keep them? And when I choose to not keep them and cast them out and cast them aside and get a new thought, physically, literally, your brain is having new neuropathways dug. And so I think that's why I love, and this is, that's where we're going to go in the spring, why I love marrying brain science and quantum physics and all of that with the word of God is because it's so helpful for me, I don't know about you, but to see that literally that's what's happening in my brain and in my body. Amen. You know, yeah. that, that stress and disease and anxiety and depression can literally be the fruit of a thought that I began to think a long time ago. Yeah. And the great thing is, is that that old way of thinking, that old neural pathway does not have to stay because my brain is neuroplastic. Mm -hmm. And because new pathways, that old one can be smoothed over because I choose not to walk it anymore and believe it anymore. And I choose to walk in a new way. And I'm going to continue to walk on this path and this path and this path until I don't even recognize that I'm choosing to walk on this path. Because now it's just a part of my identity. It's who I am. It's habit. I remember habit operates 200 times faster. So the most powerful thing that I have been given by God is the power of choice. That every single day, I get to get up and I get to choose. That's right. Am I going to be in a good mood or a bad mood? Am I going to choose joy? Am I going to choose love? Am I going to choose fear? Am I going to choose to hold, withhold forgiveness? Am I going to choose to be a grump around my husband and mad because he said something I didn't like? And just, you know, or am I going to choose to love, to forgive, to operate in peace and joy? That is actually how God even designed our brain, that we were designed with, a, with an optimum bias. Your brain and your body wants to live in peace and love and enjoy. We are the ones that begin to hardwire the opposite end by choosing fear and anxiety and all of those things. And so that's why the toxic thoughts, they actually begin to hurt our own body. But when we choose to operate in the harmony with how God designed us, we're going to live in harmony with our soul. Does that make sense? So we're going to start to do even more of that next uh, semester, and I love it. I'm super excited about it. Um, so let me see. What do I want to talk about? Turn to um, Psalm 23. I think. You know the psalm. Um, but I like David's perspective on it. I'm just going to read the beginning, I think. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He, tra he tracks, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. And I love that he wrote in the notes and the mirror Bible, um, I'm blanking on his name now, he wrote it at the translator, but um, he had the same thing to say about this and I, and I love it. It's that love, which is um, agape, 
it had it's a, it's two words and two concepts. Ago means to lead like a shepherd, and pao is a verb that that means to rest. So love is our shepherd, leading us to the place of true rest in His heart. Isn't that awesome? So love is the one leading us. And when my eyes upon him and his eyes upon me, he is, everything in me settles down. Like everything in me begins, in my soul begins to calm and quiet itself and settle down. Because I've entered, I love the other psalm that we just read, 25, I've wrapped my heart in his, like I'm so wrapped in his all-consuming love and peace that I am experiencing in my very own body. He says that's where he restores and revives my life or my soul. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Yes. You know, remember that Jesus even, right after Jesus was baptized, where did he go? Wilderness. Wilderness. Who took him there? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. It said to be tempted by the devil. So we should not be caught by surprise when we are in a place where we are being, having spiritual resistance, right? It is not meant to harm us because we live from, it says, you have already conquered me. I'm not trying to get something that Jesus hasn't already got for me. When we live from the finished work of the cross, I'm living from a place of victory, from a place of health, from a place of forgiveness. Now, all of that might not be manifesting in my body, my brain, my mind, my soul, my spirit yet. My spirit is. Um, that might not all be true yet of me, but that's the purpose of the journey that he's leading us on, is I am unbecoming some of the old stuff who I thought I was supposed to be, needed to be, tried to be my whole life, you know? Um, a persona that we create because we think that's what people need us to be for them. And, and for me particularly, you've heard me say, it's that like, you know, I just, I, everyone needed to be okay, so it was my job to make sure everybody was okay. And I'm gonna like sing and dance for you so that you're happy or that you like me, you know? And the Lord showed me a long time ago, that's not who I really made you to be. And so you get to shed some of that stuff. Yeah. Let go of some of that stuff. That and that's what's happening here also is I'm even discovering at a deeper level, not that I do certain things, but why I do them. Yeah. I power through. I can get the job done. I'm good. I'm, I'm de you don't, I don't need to count on you because I can do it myself. Independent. I'm just going to keep going. Nothing's going to stop me. And then all of a sudden, when something is stopping me, I'm like, wow, my whole life, I've just done this on autopilot, habit, non-conscious part of my brain, just kicks into automatic gear because I don't even know what's happening. But when something comes along, like, you know, knee replacement and lots of pain and crazy bill in my head, I go, wow, I have always been doing that, but why, Lord, am I doing that? And if you would begin to ask him questions, that's what, and we, that's what we've been doing at our even tables, is ask the question, okay, when did I start doing that and why? And if that's not the fullness of who you have me to be, my true authentic self, then show me. So I'm learning in this season 
not to have to power through. And we were even laughing, I went to physical therapy yesterday and it was terrible. I did terrible. I literally, I wonder if I could do it now. I'm gonna see if we can do it now. I was so frustrated. Talk about frustrating, Michelle. Like, this is silly, I should be able to do this. Oh no, I can't. He's, they were like, okay, get your knee, your, and stand up on it. Like, no. I, and I literally was looking at him like, are you kidding me? Like, there's no muscle here. Can I do it on this one? Yes, I can. All right. Um, so, I was coming to the end of myself, literally. And I was getting so frustrated. I was like, I'm just, I, I'm, that's it. I can't do it today. And they're like, nope, not putting, you're going to get up here and like get this weight and do these squats and all this. But even in that, I'm so closely connected right now to get into the root of some of the things that are painful and frustrating and all of that. Like, why do I so, and you know what that would have been? It was performance. I am good. I am an athlete. I can do these things. I am strong. It is embarrassing to me that there's some people in here that are doing it and I can't. Do you know? So I get to let go of that. And I get to just be where I am right now. Not, can't stand up on this leg yet. Well, one day. And am I okay at that? Can I be at rest and at peace with that and connected? Is that making sense to you all? So that's what this has been about. It's that he is leading us. Holy Spirit, this just said, um, well, I didn't say that. It said, Lord, even when your paths take me through the valley of deepest darkness. Since Holy Spirit took Jesus in there and Jesus came out, it says in Luke, whatever chapter that is, he came out in the power of the Spirit. And then he began his ministry and he began preaching the kingdom of God. And that's what we're doing. This is strengthening us. It's giving me new muscles. It's giving me a new mindset. And I get to come out in the power of the Holy Spirit and operate from a stronger position of authority and power. Remember I told you, it's like everything that the enemy's throwing at you, everything the enemy's been throwing at me is becoming a weapon in my hand. A, a, a sharper sword, a stronger sword, a stronger sense of identity. If I continue reading, it says, you remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. That's so beautiful. Where is that, Kelly? That was Psalm 23 in the Passion. I just kept reading. So he is leading us. And he, remember the Israelites in the wilderness, they had to face a lot of giants in the land. There were other people who were squatters. They were sitting on their promised land that God promised to give them. And they have, remember their ites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Hittites. The, so God promised, I will go before you to drive the enemies out of your land. But did they have to fight the battle? Yeah. There was a physical. So the Lord has promised, you have an inheritance. God has given you, and if you, like, I need to write down, like, inheritance at the top. And I want to have it, like, beautifully written and printed on my mirror so that I remember every day. This is what God has promised me. I have a fat, rich inheritance. And God is saying, I'm bumping up against, and in several particular areas that are huge and dear to my heart, I am bumping up against some strong resistance. Mm -hmm. And the enemy wants me to run in terror and fear. 
you know, and, and not hold on to that. But I, if I will just stay, I'm standing and I am fighting for some people. I'm fighting for some scary situations in my family even, knowing God has promised to drive the enemy out of that land. And I love recently, maybe it's because I like to be validated and affirmed, I'm not sure. But, you know, at the end of this, a couple weeks ago, I began talking about how we do need to get back to just straight up deliverance. That there's some places that we just need to look at it for what it is and know that it's the freaking enemy and kick him out, yeah. you know? <laughs> And um, Chris Valentin recently put out a word about it, and so did Bobby Connors. So I just want to read you. I just like when somebody who's far more gifted than I am uh, says something like that. Let's see if I can pull it up. Darn it. I can pull up Chris Valentin's hand. Just saying you're wicked gifted, you just maybe don't have thank a you. platform. Yeah, that's thank what you. I was thinking. It's right now. Not gifted, well, thank you. it's platform. Yeah. Okay. You are so anointed. Well, thank you, you're sweet. Thank you. It's the truth. Okay, yes, I do. I believe it. I do know that. I know that. I just don't have a platform. Well, you have a platform. I have a platform here. It's not as large as this. It's not as large, right. Okay, Chris Valentin says, Spiritual conflicts most often occur when we advance into new territory that is inhabited by evil spirits. Much like Joshua's promised land experienced Nehemiah building the, rebuilding of the walls, the enemy defends his territory when we are pushing forward into the new land. Mm -hmm. He begins to talk about, have you been through some intense spiritual warfare in 2018? Have y'all? Perhaps this year you had some great victories followed by some intense battles. I propose you didn't miss it when you stepped into new ground with courage. You're experiencing resistance because you're right where you need to be, taking new ground, advancing the kingdom, and shining light in dark places. He says, I see a Jezebel spirit that has run rampant on the earth in 2018. I wrote about this spirit and four ways to identify it if it's impacting you on my latest blog. If you've had great breakthrough, followed by intense warfare, fear, and even suicidal thoughts, then I want you to know I'm praying for you. Your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spirits. Remember, the resistance you're facing is happening because you're taking new ground. So may your steps be strong, may your path be illuminated, and may your sight be made clear so that every advancement will be accomplished with great confidence. Isn't that encouraging? Yeah. You are taking new ground. And every time that we are taking, when the, when the Israelites began to take more and more of the land that God had promised them, God did give them the victory. When they believed God's word, when they went forward, they did enter into eventually the promised land. And so are we. And so there's different areas in our life that you might be experiencing real resistance. But I would say to you, it's because the enemy is freaking crazy mad and crazy scared because you're about to step into just this fatness of promise. And so be encouraged if we're experiencing resistance. I'm encouraged. And I wanted to just really quickly um, mention what Bobby Connor said. Do y'all know who Bobby Connor is? He's so awesome and hilarious and powerful. Well, I can't do it, but I can remember, I think, what he said. He talked, the Lord woke him up with a dream, and in the dream, no, he said, I think he said he wanted to do, like, an open vision, and he saw the, the church, he knew it was the body of Christ, in straight jackets, like in an insane asylum. They were, like, literally, and he said it was a picture of bondage. And in another previous word, he talked about it, and there's so much confusion, there's such a spirit of confusion. And he said it's because the church has neglected the ministry of deliverance. 
and that we've kind of like walked away from that. But the Lord has said, you know, that he has given us, like Holy Spirit is in us to drive the enemy out of other people's land. Um, I don't, I don't want to get further into that because I've belabored the point. So good long in 15 minutes. Imagine that. Also, when you're taking new ground, you get to take spoil. So we sat here, and the reason that we do this, and I try to do it every time, we don't every time, but the reason I want us to sit down and write your own journal and process with God and then grab somebody and you do it with them is because sometimes we can hear a good teaching, and then we, and we, like, that was great, and we go home, but we come like the man in James that said you looked into the mirror, but then you forgot who you were. But when we sit here and begin to act on it, you receive impartation, you're acting on it, and it gets in you. And so we are beginning to train ourselves, you know? So that's why we do that each week. We're gonna do even more of that next time. And I've been given, not yet, I don't have my position, tons of Legos. So we are going to get to do some stuff like that. I'm so excited, like literally tons, and now I don't have to buy them all. Um, so we're, we're gaining authority, we need to learn the power and the authority we've been given. We need to learn that we have got to begin making some declarations. Remember, we came out of agreement with some things. So you have to do both. You have to come out of agreement and then get into agreement and make the declaration about the new thing. It's how we're advancing. I I was going to talk about something else, but I think I'm going to save it and start that for the new year. But um, I want you to remember this. Before Christmas, like uh, during this Christmas season, because we're not going to meet again until the middle of January, Turn to 2 Corinthians 10. I'm just going to say this is a reminder. I kind of talked about it in the beginning, but I'm going to end with this. 2 Corinthians 10. And from a brain science perspective, first let me read it. For although, sorry, 10, chapter 10, verse 3. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and breaks through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. Isn't that awesome? Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. So what I want us to remember, as because I don't want to stop like my journaling process of identifying, okay, why am I doing these things, and what is this, and what is the thought, and what is the fruit of this thought, that brain science says that there is a 48-hour window, and when you have a thought, somebody speaks something to you, you feel like you just got slimed. If you're hearing an accusation, we talked about that a lot a couple weeks ago, when there is an accusation, there is a 48 hour window to cast that thought out. It's in a temporary format in the brain and it doesn't have to take root. So as I partner with Holy Spirit and I agree with what he says is going on, is I partner with Holy Spirit and agree with who he says I am, that seed or that thought begins to take root and over a 30 day period if i will meditate upon that thought that seed begins to become a tree or a new pathway so we are not just 
swayed here and there by every thought and every word that's spoken of it over us. I've got the power and the authority to choose to not accept that thing and cast that thing down and build a new pathway. So as you're dialoguing with Holy Spirit and as you're journaling, you might want to just write down some of those things that are indicative of what's going on in your life, right? And then come back with lots of testimonies, powerful testimonies after the Christmas break of what God just did with all of that. So I wanted to take that take time with that now. I'm not going to have the um, testimonies on the tape. Just we didn't put them on last time either, just to protect people, you know, vulnerability and want you to be able to to share. Um, we'll only have time for not not tons of testimonies because I want to do the prophetic ministry also, and then we will do some at the um, at Paloma Blanco also. There any questions before I? Can hmm? you share those four things you're asking again? Um, wait. Why why am I doing this? Yeah, I I what happens with me is I'll go. Okay, I see that I do this. This is a pattern. Why do I do that? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think did I say four? You did. Oh. <laughs> have to listen to the tape. (laughs) Why do I do that? I think part of what I do also is I then look at what is the fruit of that? What is the fruit fruit of that thought? Um, Where did it come from? Where did it first come from? So then to me, all that does then is break the lie. I I realize what the lie was. I, you know, come out of agreement with the lie. What is the truth? What is God saying right now? What do you say about the situation? What do you say about me? And then meditate on that and build a new one. Got it. So, not sure that's exactly where what did I did, but where did it come from? Okay, so let's get some testimonies up here again. If we could keep them to two two minutes at the most, that would be awesome. And we're going to take the last, then probably twenty minutes to do prophetic ministry. All right. Yeah, I would like for the testimonies just to be out in particular about this semester, like what has God done? Because it's so helpful when I hear somebody else, I'm like, oh, like listening to Deborah speak last week was so amazing, was it not? Yeah. And, it, and I, I was taking all these notes and it was giving, like I said, it was giving me somebody else's perspective about the same subject that brought me so much revelation. So when we hear a testimony, we're like, wow, that is so cool. And either I'm going to like, I'm going after that same thing or I hadn't thought about it that way. Do you know? 